0: Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. I'm Dave Gasper, joined as always by Matt Carroll, and of course, we are the editors at ReviewingTheBrew.com, and uh, we are getting closer and closer to spring training. And Matt, we've got prospect lists out and, and all that going on. But first, we've got to talk Josh Lindblom because he is yeah. our special guest of the episode here. Uh, Josh Lindblom. Fresh into retirement, uh, are you able to just kind of kick your feet up and relax in retirement, or are you still
1: you still staying busy? I guess I'm not on the prospect list anymore. Fresh off the prospect <laughs> list, I didn't make that one. <laughs> that was that. There's uh, no, the just
2: missed list. I yeah, think it would be on that yeah. one.
1: We have, we have. I have a funny story about that. So remind me. We'll come back to it. It's really funny. Um, oh. But no, it's good. It's really good uh enjoying my enjoying my family enjoying my kids basketball school uh unpaid i'm basically an unpaid uber driver right now is what <laughs> it feels like so but it's good oh you were basketball.
2: talking uh, oh god uh, i was gonna say you're talking uh purdue game coming up tonight so you got a good team to watch this year
1: we do we really do uh we try to go to as many games as we can but man it's been fun to follow them uh I think my non-expert opinion, I think it's one of the best teams, just all-around teams they've had. They might have had more talented teams, uh, maybe, but as a team, they look really, really good. And those freshmen, Lawyer and and Smith, are, are awesome.
0: So when when you uh, are coaching basketball, are you pulling uh, any of the you know the chair throwing or uh, any of the the sweater vest you know the, the Dick Bennett sweater vest? or Are you pulling any
1: of any of the college coach antics? <clears throat> my my wife would not allow me to throw a chair. It would be I would be in so much trouble. It's actually funny. It was a couple of weeks ago. We showed up. Uh, we played like right after church. And I had on khakis and like a blue like quarter zip, and the other coach showed up in khakis and a blue quarter zip. <laughs> and it looked, like, <laughs> it looked like we planned it. I was like, dude, this is, we look so professional right now. This is awesome. We need to keep doing, keep wearing matching outfits.
0: Such a dad. <laughs> totally move. A
1: I know, Great. right? I mean, khakis and a blue quarter zip, like what? Like that's like the dad outfit. Dad yeah, d- do you have the Air Panic. Monarchs
0: to go with it? The Nike Air, uh, Marks.
1: the the New Balance Eight Seventies actually, ah, <laughs> with the solid. with the grass with the grass stains. So
0: of course, <laughs> of course. Uh, by the way, though Purdue coming up to uh to Madison March second, mm-hmm. you're, you're gonna come follow the team. Maybe come back up to come back up to Wisconsin. Um, I'll be there.
1: I might I might have to make a trip. I yeah. might have to, make, have to make a trip. So I'll we'll have to see. That'd be that'd be fun. It'd be fun to meet you guys in person. And go to a game. That'd be yeah. A blast. Plus, it's basketball and it's March. You know, you know, know. it's going to be madness. Wisconsin, Wisconsin always gives us trouble, though. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good or how bad. Like the Wisconsin game always stinks to watch for Purdue, es- Purdue fans,
0: especially at the Kohl Center, because yeah. playing playing in Madison, that's just mm-hmm. it's it's quite the atmosphere there. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, so you have made the decision. You announced this a, a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, you know, that you have decided to to retire through your contract with the Brewers is up. You know, that that's never an easy decision to, to mm-hmm. come to. Um, but what all went into that, that decision for you? And when did you kind of realize this is what you're going to uh, – th- this was going to be your plan for this offseason?
1: If – I think I've said this before, but if I'm if I'm honest with you all, going into spring training last year, I kind of knew I was done. Um, just you know, it got to be not and not that I didn't want to play last season, but it just got to the point last year being away from my family, uh, knowing that the contract was going to be up, it was going to be difficult to sign somewhere else, and continue to be away from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, This was my, you know, last year was my 15th year in professional baseball. And when my kids were younger, it was really easy. uh, Because they didn't, I mean, they didn't have friends, they didn't have activities, they didn't have sports, they weren't, and we could pick them up and take them wherever we wanted. And last year, it was, I believe it was in July, beginning of July, my grandfather passed away. And I came home and I was at my kids' games. My kids all wanted to go to uh the field and take ground balls early with me. So we went, we played catch. I threw in batting practice and I'm on the field. Um, I'm, I'm I'm hitting ground balls to my kids on the field that I grew up playing on. And I'm like, I have to leave in like 48 hours. And at that moment I was like, this is like, I want to be here. Like I want to be here with my kids. I want to be creating these memories. And so There was, I mean, there was a lot of thought that went into it, and I I know that going into spring training, I'm probably going to feel that, like, that disconnect where it's like, I'm not packing my bag up, I'm not bordering cleats, I'm not doing that stuff. Right now, it feels normal, Uh, but the decision, honestly, like, there was a lot of thought that went into it for, for me, you know, talking with my wife and some other friends as well.
2: So then, I mean, it's interesting you say that Um, we had our piece earlier this year um, from our contributor, Eric Trident, fantastic Mm -hmm. uh, piece on you about your time with the sounds. Mm -hmm. So then did that make even kind of some of that time that you got to spend mentoring some of those Mm -hmm. players, you know, even more meaningful, knowing that this was going to be one of potentially the last chances you were going to have to do that?
1: Um. I don't know that it made it more meaningful, maybe more intentional, Hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. knowing that I had a short amount of time to make an impact. You know, I felt like that's kind of like what I always did. Uh, really wasn't like out of, out of the norm, but, you know, going to the field, you know, as, as baseball players, we don't think this way. And, but every day that we go to the field is one day closer to the end of our career.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, that was very apparent to me all season. So I knew that the the counter was ticking down on number of days that I would have to be able to go to the field as a player. And so just going in every day and cherishing those moments and cherishing those guys. and I mean, the year that we had in Nashville, and I not just because we we won, but clubhouse staff, probably one of the best teams that I've ever been on in my career. It was so much fun. So much fun.
0: Yeah, that 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 has tended to be kind of a theme with uh, you know the brewers organization really kind of up and down, just kind of keeping you know fun, lively mm-hmm. uh clubhouses. Um so now I've got to know who was who was kind of the uh, the the funny guy, you know, the the one who was always because you know typically it was like Tim Dillard, you know, being like the fun yeah. guy down in the Nashville Clubhouse. Who was that this year da- down there in Nashville? Who was kind of you know. I always either like telling jokes, you know, making jokes or being the butt of the joke or whoever it was.
1: everybody really. I mean no one no one was off limits this year and that was like usually you have a couple guys in the clubhouse that it's like, I oh, don't mess with him like they're just gonna get mad. Um, <laughs> but like I mean when when Abraham Almonte was there, mm. like hilarious, unbelievable teammate uh, just every, I mean everybody like it was like the perfect puzzle. You know, it was like everybody fit together perfectly. It was like once, it was like one of those once in a lifetime teams where I don't know that you ever experienced that again. Like everything just clicked. Everyone had a spot. Everyone knew their role. And, you know, everyone played a part in it. And
2: that was what was so much fun about it. So, of course, like now this leads us into like your some of your top memories like what what were you know some of those top moments um either like as a brewer or just kind of generally in your professional career from last season I don't know if you guys have
1: seen it it's pretty epic um but Bosley and I the play-by-play did you guys see that yeah called the home run I did not that, yeah oh this is you're gonna have to look that up after we're done it's that I mean I hate to Non baseball moment that was like unbelievable. Uh, last day of the season, Bosley and I had we're talking to Jeff Hem, and we were all season, we we're like, You got to bring us up, you've got to bring us up. If we clinch, you're bringing us up, and we're doing play by play. So, Bosley and I went up the last game of the season, did play by play, and we've been trying to get Jeff to um to take our like home run call, and he was like, That's stupid, you're not doing it, I'm not doing it, and so. Pat Dorian hits a home run when we're in the, bu- when we're in the boots and we get to unveil our home run call. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to ruin it for I've you. I've got but, my notes. I'm, I'm pulling right. this up after. All right. Um, are you talking career wide? Like, yeah,
2: I mean, we're, we're calling it a career. So
1: Man, man there's, there's so many. Uh, wow. I don't, I mean, from your debut to, Getting traded to teammates, to coaches, trainers. Um, you know, I don't know that I can like pinpoint one moment. It's more of like the culmination of like the, the relationships that you get to build with guys. And that sounds cliche because everybody says that. But, you know, I think about just the people that helped make me into the player and the person that I am. And, Well, I was talking to my wife when I wrote that little thing and I was like, you know, I, I literally cannot thank everybody. Mm. Like, I don't know, because I I feel like if I tried to thank everybody by name, I would miss somebody out and I would, I would miss out on somebody and I would feel bad, but you know, it's, it's just neat to look back and you see like no one's self-made, like nobody's self-made, you know, the coaching staff in Milwaukee, the front front office in Milwaukee, obviously, didn't pan out the way they had hoped, but, um, you know, just the support, everything was, was great, you know, for my time in Milwaukee. And then going back to Korea, I mean, winning a Korean series, the, the success that I had there, uh, the, the memories we are able to make as a family is probably a book that needs to be written. Um, but just, you know, just so many memories, uh, being able to create those memories with my kids too, was, was, was is great.
0: Yeah, and having them, you know, come down to to Nashville and seeing games on mm-hmm. there, and you mentioned Bosley, um, <laughs> Bos and I actually used to be teammates uh, back really? in college. Yeah, I yeah. love shockingly. Bad. I he was much better than I was, no, not surprisingly. <laughs> but uh, but Bos was always just kind of that that fun dude, that like uh, class clown type. You know, he was oh. he's always just kind of got those those little jokes that that kind of he's, like yep. the home run call. Like that did not surprise me at all.
1: Well, we had been working on that for about a month and a half, <laughs> so we've been going back and forth and working on it. We were doing it in the dugout practicing, mm-hmm. um, but Bo- Boz is great. I I really hope that at some point this season he gets a chance to pitch in a Brewer uniform because I think that would like, Amen. that would just be mm-hmm. that would just be unbelievable. I mean, you talk about born and bred Brewers Packers fan, like mm-hmm. it'd be so it'd be i I think it was during spring training, uh, Euchre walked by and mm. Boz is in like awe. <laughs> like obviously like Euchre, he's always in the clubhouse. He's always around. He's like just a normal dude. Mm-hmm. And Boz is like, oh my gosh, that's Bob Euchre. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, it's <you."> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. The pride of Hortonville.
0: Caleb Bosley, but yeah, no, I, I'm pretty sure I would be the same thing if, if yeah, Bob right. Euchre just walked by. By the way, happy 89th birthday today happy birthday, to Bob Euchre. Um,
2: happy birthday. That's right. The GOAT. Yeah. Greatest of all time. I, I, that whole team, like you said, it's super exciting. Um, and Brewers fans have now gotten to see um, Garrett Mitchell make his mm-hmm. debut. Any other players? We've talked about a few of them on this podcast, but mm-hmm. from your perspective, um, who are some of those players on the team that like fans are just going to be like awestruck when they finally get to see at the big league level?
1: <clears throat> I mean, that's when your prospect list gets dropped, right? I mean, they got to wait for the. the you know, I mean, true. Yeah, but we, we want no. an
2: expert opinion here. Yeah,
1: I don't know about I don't know about expert. Um, I mean, playing with obviously Bryce. Playing with Bryce the last two years, Bryce's Bryce is one of the most mature, uh, 22, 23 year olds, whatever he's at, whatever he is. I've ever played with. Bryce is going to be a really, really good major league player uh, for a long time. And then obviously Garrett getting the opportunity this year. All through, you know, I guess Ruiz got traded, but mm. all, when all four of those guys showed up, it was like, wow, these dudes are they're legit. Um, you know, Sal is a gamer, love the way Sal plays, works his butt off, plays hard. Uh Weimer is he's he's the he's a wild stallion, you know. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, um he has a chance to be a superstar, I think. I really, I really do. The ability, the tools, um, he he could be really, really good. He can be as good as he wants to be. And you know it's not it's tough with Weimer because if you watch them for a week, you're like, "There's no way, like, there's no way this is gonna play." And but like if you sit and you watch them, like time and time again, you're like, "There's something here, and it's special." Uh, but all those all those young guys, man, it's gonna, it's gonna be really fun. You know, just the dynamic. Obviously, when they when they came to Nashville. The dynamic of having those four guys in the lineup, mm-hmm. it completely altered what we were able to do. I mean, Ruiz got on base. He's not there anymore. Or Ruiz or Mitchell got on base for the single. It was automatically a double.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, Sal I, mean, I think Sal hit 900 or whatever it was. I mean, the guy never got out. Right. Um, uh. But those, you know, when you think of Mitchell, Weimer, Freelich, Terang, those are four really, really good players that you can put in a lineup. Uh, that can change the dynamic of what you can do. It's practically a track meet with those guys. All right. those guys yeah. are just freaking blazing yeah. fast. Yeah, Mitch. Wa- watching Garrett Mitchell run is one of the most impressive things that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like it's just, it's just different. It's unbelievable.
0: Once unbelievable. all of them got there, did did they ever have like a, a race, just like a like a like a home to first or like a sixty yard dash of they- like. Mitchell and those, Ruiz to see who was the fastest because they're both those, like two of the fastest guys in in yeah. baseball.
1: I mean, they put those dudes in bubble wrap. They weren't letting them race. Come on, <laughs> yeah,
2: can't
1: I get those guys. Maybe getting be goofing off in the outfield. Maybe race me and joking around. But <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, and and all four of them.
0: I mean, getting there at the same time. I mean, the the three guys that they had, you know, promoting them up from from Biloxi. Mm-hmm um all at once and then reese coming in and traded at the exact same mm-hmm. time but yeah. well again like you had like a, a whole bunch of outfielders there and it's just like uh nope you guys are moving because we got yeah. these
1: guys coming in yeah they did they did a great job too i mean it was you move that fast through an organization like mean, what sal was drafted last year right yeah 2021 last year garrett was two years ago what was Weimer? two or three years Twenty. Ago? he was same. same year
0: as uh mitchell
1: yeah same year as mitchell i mean it's there, there is a lot of, a lot of maturing that you have to do, when you move that fast. And those guys, you know, just unbelievable teammates. Uh, the way that they responded. I mean, we, I, I gave them a hard time. Uh, I gave them a hard time a little bit. I had to break them in. But you know, I always told them, I said, you have to worry when I stop talking to you. When somebody stops talking to you, that's when you have to worry because you know they've given up on you. Mm-hmm. And I said, "You guys have a, have an opportunity to be great. You guys need to be yourselves, and that's that's enough. Uh, because it's it's special. Watching those guys is special.
0: Yeah, they've had really just kind of fantastic seasons last year, and just all of them. Once they got to to AAA, they just even improved on what they were doing in double a. And they were, they were dominating there. Yeah. Uh, another one of the big guys um, who was down in, in triple a last year uh, was Ethan small. I know big guy, small, but still, yeah. Uh, you know, he's small. He, he was kind of on, on the opposite end. He didn't really have the, the season mm-hmm. that, that he was hoping for uh, and expecting. And, and, you know, especially as a fellow pitcher, you know, when you see a guy going through the struggles like that, you know, with mm-hmm. the, with the walks or whatever, what, what do you say to, to a guy like that? How do you try to help him through that? And plus he had like the transition mm-hmm. to the bullpen on top of that. Like,
1: yeah. like what what do, what do you say to a guy like that? You know, it's that that first the first send down, especially when you don't perform well, is tough. Mm-hmm. You know, you obviously everybody wants to have a good first first debut, but that first time you're sitting down, like mentally it's hard. You know it's really tough and i think you know ethan's stuff was pretty similar to the year before i just think it was more of a confidence issue for ethan and you know like you said moving back and forth you know you get your confidence gets a little jarred your first at your debut then you're going back and forth between the rotation and the bullpen and mentally that messes you up a little bit so you start to lose some aggressiveness you start to you begin to pitch for results rather than just go out and just try to execute pitches. And, uh, you know, Ethan's a good pitcher, and he's, he's going to be a good pitcher. And I think just encouraging him through that being there for him, you know, helping him realize that, uh, you know, it's a lot like Aaron the year before. You know, mm-hmm. Ash goes up, and he's dominating AAA, and then the debut is not ideal. <laughs> and i back. And comes back, and then his first outing, he goes out and gives up a five-spot in the first inning, and gets pulled. And I remember sitting on the couch with him in the clubhouse in Nashville, and he's just, like, beside himself. And I'm like, dude, you're fine. This happens. Like, it won't be the last time you give up five runs in an inning, I promise. I've done it a lot more than you. So, like, you'll be okay. Um, But it's hard because you you know, the, I think the example I give is that when you're younger, you, this might be a bad analogy, but when you're younger in your career, you feel like you're walking through a forest and it's like, all you see is these diverging paths everywhere and you don't know where to go. And you're just trying to get out of the forest, but it's like, everything's diverging. Whereas, so it's like outing the outing is so important for you. But when you get, old like me you're able to sit up on top of the forest and you can see where all of these paths lead and you're like all right one outing really isn't that big of a deal like i know the path that i'm going and i can stay on path and it's just like a blip on the radar so for these young guys it's like man they're gonna have long careers you know failure is part of it and dealing with failure is even more important so just helping them understand that i think uh and then being you know empathetic towards the fact that like we've been there. Like I've been there. I know what that feels like. Um, and you'll be, you'll
2: be better for it. Now, This all sounds an awful lot like some good coach speak. Do we have any aspirations here? (laughs) I'm sure you've been asked this already or motivational speaking. I mean, either one. Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, so I do,
1: I actually, I don't stay retired very long. Um, so the brewers are actually bringing me back, uh, as a, as an assistant to player development. Oh, nice. all right. So big breaking yeah. news here on the Gonna so, You just broke news. There you go. You can break news on the on the podcast. Congrats, right. guys.
0: There it is. Save that.
1: Save that one for you. <laughs> so actually, I just got back from Arizona uh, about a week ago. Um, out there for a pitcher's camp, but I'll be. I'll kind of. It'll be. I'll be like upper level, kind of like similar roles I had last year. I'm just not toeing the slab every five, six days. Hmm. So double A, triple A, going to help with some player development initiatives, some some mentorship stuff, um, some transition stuff for guys. So I'm excited about it. Let's see what it looks like.
0: That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, so, man. I'm that excited. is a. Yeah, that is. That is a great move by by the Brewers. I yeah. think. I mean, just like a, as we've you know been talking with you and you know Eric's article and just everything else, but the mm-hmm. the leadership that, that you've brought to to the team and just kind of helping these young guys. I mean, definitely got to keep you around. Yeah. You know, and yeah, I in appreciate that. Yeah,
1: and that's what you know when I was talking with talking with um, talking with Carl, talking with Cam Castro. Uh, you know, the one thing that I said was, you know, I'm I'm not. I don't want to do something because I'm bored. Like, I'm not bored. Obviously, I like we were talking earlier, I have basketball (laughs) nine nine nights a week. Like, I want to do this because I think I can help and I think I can make a difference. And so, um, you know, I'll have trips to Nashville and Biloxi and help some of those guys, build some relationship with those guys and just be a resource for them. And then help on some of their player development stuff as well, wherever wherever they need me. So, but I'll be able to be at home pivot from there so it'll be it'll be good kind of, kind of the best of both worlds
2: yeah, yeah. I, I know Brewers fans will be excited I think there's been a lot of that sentiment since the retirement announcement and mm-hmm. you know having the article that we had out on you and everything yeah. that going you know that guy it'd be great if the Brewers could keep this yeah. guy around as a coach and lo and behold yeah that
1: was I mean honestly I didn't think it would be that type of response I was kind of blown away. My wife was on me. She was like, you got to post something, post something. I'm like, why? Like, no one's going to care. Like, seriously. And it it was really cool because you just don't, I mean, I don't think you realize the impact that you have. Like, I don't feel like I ever did anything special. Like, looking back on my career, looking back, you know, I know you guys wrote the article, but I don't ever feel like I did anything above and beyond other than just like be myself. And so I think it's neat to get and to know the impact that you had on people. Cause a lot of times we don't get to know that mm-hmm. in our lives. Um, and so it's, I'm excited to, excited to come back. I have some really good relationships with people. Uh, I think there's some really good people in the organization too. And so it, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to be a, be a part of the organization still.
0: Yeah. And keep you around. Can, bounce around maybe even you know a couple trips to to milwaukee seeing those guys and yeah back to back to nashville you can hang out with with rick sweet um and uh, i'm sure that there are no shortage uh, of stories uh with with rick sweet Uh, first does rick sweet have the best facial hair game in baseball and second what is your favorite rick sweet facial hair style
1: I mean, it's got to be the mustache. It's iconic. Yeah. So the interesting thing about Sweetie, though, is that he shaves the day after the season. Really? So these are like, these are unicorn pictures of <laughs> of when Sweetie, so he'll sh- he's clean shave it all off season. No facial hair, nothing. And then he shows up to spring training and he starts growing the whatever he chooses. So hmm. that's something you guys need to dig up is a Rick Sweet no facial hair picture for sure.
0: Oh, that's going to be tough.
1: Yeah. So, but sweetie's, sweetie's great. I mean, he, he kept me saying for two years, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he, he pulled me aside. I think it was, this would have been in 2021 or yeah, two years ago. And was like, Hey, this is your clubhouse. You do what you want with it. Oh. Like I'm here to support you, but this is your clubhouse. So that." Sweetie's one of the best managers I've ever had. Uh just awesome, awesome
2: person. Yeah. We hear a lot of a lot of great things about him. Um yeah. you had told us before we let you go, um, you had told us you've got a prospect list story for us. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. So
1: we are in uh we're in Columbus last year on the road, and Tom Flanagan comes in. And so I'd planned this out. I'd been joking around about uh me going to the future game all year last year. <laughs> and so Tom comes in. I can't remember I think I can't remember if I was pitching well. I don't I don't know. I had like a four or five start stretch where I was like really bad. So I walk up to Tom with his like serious face, and I was like, Hey Tom, after batting practice, I need to have like a discussion with you, probably like 10, 15 minutes. I want Sweetie involved. And I just walk away like dead deadpan him walking away and i could tell he was like kind of like all right what what's josh like is he leaving is he like what's what's the deal so i walk in and it's we're sitting in sweetie's office it's me tom's across from us and sweetie's there sweetie knows what's going on the whole time and i go all right we gotta talk about something i said uh i really think that I should go to the Futures game. (laughs) (laughs) Like, dead face. And he didn't, like, for, like, a few seconds, he didn't know if I was serious or not. And all the coaches hear me out, like, Ned, Buffy, Jeremy, Sweetie, they all started dying laughing. (laughs) And it was, like, so it was, like, this big push that we're, like, sending stuff, trying to get me to get to the Futures game last year. And then when, I think, uh, did Antoine Kelly go? I think Antoine Kelly went to the Futures game. Yeah, him and Weaver, I think. Yeah, and so Tom comes back, and I was like, I shook my head, I was like I can't believe you didn't nominate for the futures game. So, <laughs> <laughs> so could you could you imagine me at the futures game, thirty five year old Josh, just out there with all those kids? It'd have been hilarious. I actually asked if Ter- if Tarang was going to go, if I could be a chaperone, <laughs> go like throw him batting practice. <laughs> so that's my that's my prospect story for you. That was my last chance to be a prospect.
0: Love it! Oh man, I can't believe he didn't send yeah. you. Ridiculous!
1: <laughs> I know, right? It's unbelievable. Maybe I'll maybe I can be like their representative this year or something.
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> we can get we can get you as a, like the representative at the uh,
1: at the draft lottery too. You know, or, or, or yeah. at the draft. You know, yeah. picking
0: up the phone, and be like, "All right, who do you, who do you yeah. want to pick?"
1: I think I will be in Arizona for some of the draft onboarding stuff. So that's one of the things that help them oh. with the draft guys too. So. Get them while they're young. That's right. Love it. Go That's to right. instructs and things like that. Instructs, yeah, yeah, it'll be good. I'm excited. I'm really excited. So, yeah, see what it looks like.
0: That's good, man. We're excited to to see that you're sticking around in in the organization. And uh, congratulations, really, man, on yeah. a fantastic you know long fifteen year you guys career. Um, congrats on the retirement, man.
1: No, thank you guys. You guys are great. You're always, are always fun to talk to you guys. I love reading your stuff. I mean, report the truth, just report the facts, you know? Yeah. So I appreciate it. And there are a lot, I mean, there's a lot of people that read your stuff too, that you don't know about. Wow. So yeah. I appreciate the that. work you guys do. Um, it's very enlightening, very helpful. So thank you guys for caring. Well, thanks for giving us something to write about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So, if, if you're, you're going to be working in the front office now, and you have the ear uh, of no, Matt Arnold, can you tell him to extend Corbin
1: Burns and Brandon <laughs> Woodruff? I'm not. I'm not going to be a source. That is far above my pay grade. So that is far above my pay grade. But you know, just I, just I might be able to get like some. I might be able to get out back in the clubhouse at AAA. That might be a, a push. I don't know if I can anybody to contracts maybe a dinner one night in nashville but but those i mean those two guys i mean obviously everyone I mean, who wouldn't want to sign them new extensions right that, that's at, what we're saying you know, two <laughs> yeah. of the two of the best pitchers in baseball so
0: well dave you tried yeah well it, it's yeah you tried i mean it, I know. if you're going in the front like, office you know
1: yeah maybe four or five years from now i don't know we'll see i uh well probably not i got i got basketball i got a coach <laughs> oh so, yes to be taken away. We've got a yeah, yeah. So trying to be I'm modeling my coaching after John Wood, and I'm just teaching the kids how to put their socks on and tie their <laughs> shoes. Every, every That's day. good.
0: That, that's a so, uh, that's a good one to uh to model after. Yeah. Not throwing sure. any uh, not throwing any chairs
1: across the court. No, don't, yeah, don't, no, Bob, don't no, Bobby like no Bobby Knight. No Bobby Knight's in our house. I actually have a framed picture of Bobby Knight in a Purdue shirt. Oh yeah. It's Photoshop, but it's funny. Yeah. That's why I have it. <laughs> should get it autographed by Bobby.
2: <laughs> I know. Like <laughs> throw that across the basketball court.
1: Yeah, he probably would. Yeah. So. <laughs> Love it. Hey
0: man, uh, appreciate the time uh coming on as always. Yeah, I uh, really y'all. appreciate you having me on.
1: Yep, no, thank you guys. I appreciate it. It was great. Yeah,
0: good to talk to you as always and uh take care, man.
1: Take care. Thank you all. Yep, you're welcome.
0: All right, so that was Josh Lindblom, a former Brewers pitcher, and now Brewers front office employee joining us on the Cold Brew Podcast. We still got a little bit more to go, a little bit more to talk about. And, you know, we mentioned the prospect lists, And Josh had a great story uh, about that and trying to (laughs) get into the futures game. But um, (laughs) a couple of prospect lists dropping recently. Uh, The MLB Pipeline Top 100 uh, recently dropped and Matt the Brewers have three players on that list and they're all outfielders again to the surprise of no one right Jackson Churio comes in at number eight Sal Freelich comes in at number 30 and Joey Weimer comes in at number 90 on the top 100 Matt your
2: reaction you're shaking your head at Jackson Churio at eight too low I'm telling you watch too low much too low. Uh baseball America had him at, was the one who had three, him at three right? Yep. So that's three. some smart guys over there. At baseball America. Yeah. Um and it, it also uh the two he was behind Henderson and Carroll, I believe, correct? Yes. Uh two guys who are going to likely be playing very early uh in the big leagues next year. So Jackson Churio and baseball America could be number one before yeah. we know it. Yeah. Um, but not the case with MLB pipeline. I'm so, sorry guys you're a little you're a little behind the ball there um yeah. but that said I mean amazing to have a top 10 Brewers prospect again. um it, it, it again uh as quickly as he rose up um at the ripe young age of 18 uh making his way up through the uh uh Brewers, storming his way through the Brewers organization up to double A by the end of the year um it it's just crazy how fast this guy has like blown away the system um we've talked about like is it that outside of the realm of possibility for him to make a 2023 debut and now like hey who's to say that the number eight prospect in baseball couldn't pull that off you know yeah yeah exactly i mean he's he's behind
0: a, a couple of other guys um when they look on this uh list here you know Henderson and Carroll are one two uh again for MOE Pipeline just like they are for Baseball America but they also have Francisco Alvarez of the Mets Mm -hmm. at three Jordan Walker of the Cardinals at four Anthony Volpe of the Yankees at five and Andrew Painter of the Phillies at six and Grayson Rodriguez of the Orioles at seven and then Churio and then Red Sox shortstop Marcelo Meyer And uh, Reds shortstop Ellie De La Cruz round out the top 10. But yeah, they've been a bit lower on Churio than uh, Baseball America has. Um, You know, just looking, you know, we've talked with a friend of the podcast, Sam Dykstra. um, And, you know, he kind of, you know, has has looked at, you know, that strikeout rate being a little bit concerning and holding them back a a little bit uh, on Churio, but Still, overall top ten prospect of the game, highest ranked Brewers prospect on MLB pipeline since. Drumroll, please. Orlando Arcia at yep. six in 2016, um, and you know you can you can take that however you want with Orlando Arcia. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, um, and and the the guys that are ahead of him, you know, in, in this. Uh, iteration of top 100 Th- these are obviously very very solid prospects jordan walker very good for st louis volpe has been regarded it's very, very highly uh what's that it's very annoying that the cardinals have oh, a a right super again. good again
0: somehow uh, always and he was drafted uh, one spot after the brewers uh drafted in 2020 of course the brewers took garrett mitchell uh yeah, with that selection I so that. i don't think Thank the brewers you. are complaining too oh. much about that but still
2: No, nor are Brewers fans, I would hope, at the very least. Um, Andrew Painter with the Phillies, uh, also, you know, big, big name there. Grayson Rodriguez, another one that's actually probably going to start at the big league, so he'll graduate relatively quickly. So, Churio will shoot even farther up that list before too long. Um, But, yeah, uh, good to see that we've got a guy here in the top 10, um, and he's actually, uh, when you take... MLB Pipeline's ETA for um, guys hitting the big leagues. They have him at 2024, uh, which makes him the first guy not projected to hit the big leagues in 2023 on the list, according to them. So, you know, this is, again, like he's he's not even projected to make it to the big leagues by them until next season. And they've got him at number eight, like just just incredible stuff.
0: Yeah, and there's been a lot of turnover in the top 10 over the last couple of years. I mean, last year, you know, a lot of that top 10 graduated pretty early. I mean, Adley Rutschman, Bobby Witt Jr., Julio Rodriguez, guys like that graduated, reaching the big leagues. You know, Henderson and Carroll are going to be doing that soon enough. Uh, Rodriguez is going to. So we shall we shall see him continue to rise and get Sal Freelick at 30, making a nice jump. Um, He had a fantastic 2022 season, so I'm not really surprised at that. Joey Weimer stays in the top or gets in the top 100 as well. Uh, He was struggling for a bit in double A last year, and then he got promoted to triple A as we were talking about with Josh Lindblom there. And, you know, that just kind of the the stuff that that he's got the loudest tools. I mean, if Josh Lindblom sees a superstar potential in Joey Weimer, I mean, that's, that's good enough
2: for me. Same here. Um, And again, we're talking a guy who was immediately put into the player development for the Brewers. So clearly he has an eye for talent there. Yes. Um, uh, South Rulick, by the way, gave the Brewers two of the top 10 outfielders, uh, outfield prospects in baseball by MLB Pipeline. Uh, Churio as uh, number was number two, I believe, because I think they had Walker classified as an outfielder for this. Acurial uh, was um, number 3 on the outfield list. Number 3. Okay. Um and then free look at number 8. So, um pretty cool there. Um Weimer I'm trying to get it's it's not pulling up. Um I wanted to pull up his final month stats cuz it was it was such an interesting year by him. Came out blazing again and then just really really struggled in the middle of the season. Got the uh promotion up to Nashville anyway then continued to struggle for a little bit before uh, turning it back around big time. Um, There we go. In August, he ended up um, bringing that batting average back up to 276 um, and the slugging to 552, but the on-base percentage was still a little low. Um, But for September 302 batting average, 425 on-base percentage, 476 slugging percentage, um, had a home run, six doubles, triple, um, a stolen base there as well more walks than strikeouts I like um, that big big thing there Um, which was very much still the opposite so in August when he was coming back he was still he had 24 strikeouts to six walks Um, in September it was 10 strikeouts to 15 walks so clearly something finally kind of started clicking again with him and he just started torching things so that's exactly what's you know, fans wanted to see and coaches wanted to see and why he's able to retain some of that top 100 status.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of the big thing. I mean, even in their, their write-up here in MLB pipeline, Joey Weimer had a 30.2% strikeout rate in AA last year, but once he got promoted to AAA, he had a 19.5% K rate with Nashville. So he cut down on the strikeouts um, which was huge and is going to be huge uh, for his hit tool to maintain. That, that's really the only question. Everyone knows the power is there. The speed is there. The cannon for an arm is there. None of that's going anywhere. The question is, is he going to hit enough and make enough contact to make use of all of those skills? So, and, uh, you know, Pipeline believes and Bloom believes and, you know, a lot of people within the Brewers believe that he's going to be able to hit enough. And he doesn't even have to be, like, that great of a hitter Mm -hmm. um, in order to to make use of all this. Um, But, you know, the strikeouts, you know, as we've seen with Keston Hira, they can really tank uh, a hit tool. So, you know, him seeing that cut down in AAA is huge and uh, definitely something that's going to be monitored going forward. Um, but you know, when he does make contact, man, it is, it is
2: loud. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for Brewers fans looking at the future of the team, at least the kind of, you know, more near future, um, before Churio gets here, let's say, um, you know, you've got fans hoping that, you know, Mitchell and Freelich and Weimer are all going to be playing a part, uh, on this Brewers team aside, maybe, you know, a Christian Yelich, Um, In the outfield, especially if you have a player like Jesse Winker um, maybe slotting into the DH position, which his defense would kind of insinuate that that might make the most sense for him. Um, If you've got Mitchell and Freelich kind of battling it out for center field, Weimer very prototypically fits perfectly in that right field spot and Mm -hmm. has almost that, you know, Hunter Renfro profile to him, power. Cannon for an arm, um, just with a hell of a lot more speed because yeah. Joey Weaver can fly too. Um, he's I, essentially for with speed, right? And I think that's where Brewers fans are really hoping that he lands. So if he comes out, you know, in triple, he's g- going to start the season in triple A this year. I, it's, I, I think we all would figure that at this point. Um, but he, if he comes out, shows that he's still has found the way to keep those strikeouts down, still uh, bashing the ball um, and still playing some awesome defense. Right field, like he can be that right fielder of the future. That is right there for the taking for him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's the, the trends toward the end of last season were certainly positive. Yeah, and like he certainly could
0: play center field. Like like he's got True. the speed. He's got like like he could definitely play center field. Um, if need be, the problem is you have Garrett Mitchell and Sal Freelich, which really isn't much of a problem at all, actually, but yeah, those two guys, and you don't really need Weimer to play center field. Um, and yeah, right field completely natural fit with his power, with his cannon for an arm. It's, it it makes the most sense for him to go. Um, and especially now with Renfro gone, it's like, you're kind of clearing the deck, Mm -hmm. uh, for Joey Weimer, uh, to take over that role long-term. But we shall see. Um, we do know that these are that these are the top three prospects um, that MLB Pipeline will have for the Brewers. They haven't released their full top thirty, but based on the top one hundred, number one is going to go to Churio, number two is Sal Freelick, and number three is Joey Weimer. That much is is pretty much set in stone here. Um, four through thirty, we'll find out. Uh, but. There is a uh, different uh, you know there, there is a full brewers prospect rankings uh, that came Ooh. out, a top 50 brewers prospects list that came out and it was written where would I yours find that? truly? Oh that's true. Where would I find that though, David? That would be at prospects 1500com oh, actually. Yeah, I'd do some prospect stuff over there. Um, do a full Brewers top prospects list. So, Matt, if you want to write the top prospects over at uh, Reviewing Brew, feel free to go ahead and jump on that. But uh, yeah, I've got that over there. It is yeah. prospect season. It is prospect season. So uh, and prospect list season. So, you know, on my list, unsurprisingly, Jackson Cheerio, number one, Sal Freelick number two. That now is pretty much uh, set in stone. But I actually have Joey Weimer down at number five, actually. Oh, I know. And that is because at number three, I have Garrett Mitchell, who has already made his big league debut and impressed and hit over 300 in his big league debut and came up in some clutch moments and is an excellent center fielder and is probably... Uh, going to be the opening day center fielder for the Brewers and uh, working on locking that down for the future. So I put him up there in uh, at number three. And then uh, at number four, one of Josh Lindblom's favorites, Bryce Terrain. A mature, excellent shortstop um, who had a fantastic season last year, uh, saw his power tick up, lots of stolen bases, uh, hit for a high average, did everything he could ask, career highs and doubles, homers, stolen bases batting average ops all of it career highs so he seems ready colton wong out the door Mm -hmm. bryce terang on the 40-man roster now i think uh you're you're gonna be having a a track there at at earning a job and now there have been some other acquisitions but that that's what i've got in my top five churio freelich mitchell terang weimer matt do you agree
2: I like it. May maybe I would have flipped Weimer and Terang. I think I think you go either way with that. I mean, it, it, if you take you know MLB readiness into account, which you know, depending on the site, like sometimes that brings a guy up or down. You know, further, mm-hmm. um, you can certainly justify him being at four. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to get into shouting match over it. Certainly, <laughs> <Come> Um <on. laughs> But. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think where, you know, certain sites look at Terang um, is like, what's the ceiling with Terang versus like, what's the ceiling with Weimer. Like, could Weimer be that, like, could, could Weimer be close to a 30, 30 guy in the big league someday? Like, you know, if he reaches his ceiling, I, I certainly think that's possible. He's got the power and the speed. Is Terang going to be a 30-30 guy? Probably not. So, like, maybe that's where you get flip-flops depending on, you know, where do you go to for your prospect rankings. But all Terang has ever done is impress in the minor leagues. Every single level he has come up to, he's figured it out, and he's figured it out relatively quickly. Um, and his numbers last year were, like, among the best of his career. So I don't know how you don't get excited. A lot of, a lot of people end up being down on him. Um, and I'm not saying like, he's going to be the next, you know, Ozzy Smith or something like that, but, um, I certainly think there's a lot to be excited about. I'm very much looking forward to his debut hashtag Bryce Terang watch as I had on Twitter quite a bit last year when I swore he was going to make it up for September call-ups and he did not. Um, I, I really want to see his debut cause I, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm
0: excited for it, and yeah, that was that was. I mean, it was really close with all those guys. Right. I, mean, I, I could have gone in any number of of directions with that. Like that, that was that was really tough trying to order those three. I knew Churio and Freelick would be one, two, right. Um, but where to put the, those other guys? You know, in the top five. That uh, I went back and forth on. You know, a bunch of times. But you know, I think with the I think with the strikeouts that I saw with with Weimer, um, that was certainly part of it, I think, for putting him a bit further down. Terang, I think, is more of a, a sure bet on the hit tool. Um, so I ended up putting him above. But, you know, again, we'll see. I mean, prospect rankings, you know, they they go back and forth, you know, all the time. You know, guys who are ranked lower than other players end up being studs, and the guys who are ranked higher end up not being much of anything at all. I mean, you, you look back, like, like we mentioned, Orlando Arcia being ranked sixth in uh 2016 like if you look back to that list he was ranked sixth ranked eighth was dansby swanson Mm -hmm. 10th tyler glasnow 11th trey turner um 16th lewis brinson 17th rafael devers like Like you know, like, like just because you know you're ranked, you know, one spot ahead of somebody doesn't mean you're going to have you know that much better of a career. Aaron Judge was ranked 31st. He was ranked Whoa. behind Jorge Mateo, <laughs> and he was ranked wow. one spot ahead of Brett Phillips.
2: Wow. Also, Jesse That's Winker something. at 34 that year. Oh, nice. Looking back at prospect lists is like top 100 ones, especially is something else. But I mean, oh, like yeah. Like you said, like that just speaks to the like the hit or miss um, nature ability of some of these guys. Like it's yeah, no It doesn't matter where you get drafted. It doesn't matter how fast you move up. You know your organization. It doesn't matter. Um, you know uh, how many guys you strike out. You know in AAA or you know how many home runs you hit there. Or, you know, or even if you you know end up. St- debuting in mlb with a leadoff home run or something like that like none yeah. of that means anything for your your eventual career so um it, it's hindsight is always just such an interesting thing when it comes to these i thought you were gonna say hindsight is always 2020
0: 20, but yeah <laughs> it. it is I'm, I'm trying to shake things up here trying to shake it up <laughs> Uh, All right. So the rest of the of the list here, I mean, we got we got a bunch of bunch of, you know, really good uh, prospects in here. Jefferson Cuero at seven. Um, He's a guy that I think could really continue to pop up. Um, Mm -hmm. And especially as we see some of these guys graduate like Mitchell and and Terang and and Freelick. Cuero is one that I think is really going to be jumping up um, this next year or two. Um, So I'm excited to see what happens there. Uh, I got Jacob Mizrowski at nine. I'm I'm excited to see what he does this year. Hendry Mendez pops up to 11 uh, for me. And Hedbert Perez falls Uh, to 13th on my list. Your boy. My boy. He had a terrible season last year. There is is no way around it. Uh, It was bad. Um, You know, you can chalk it up to being an 18-year-old in full-season ball. He, he looked like an 18-year-old in full-season ball, essentially. Um, you know, he was swinging and missing at a lot of bad pitches, a lot of pitches out of the zone, striking out a bunch. When he did get pitches to hit, he crushed them. 15 mm-hmm. homers, 23 doubles. Yeah. Like, okay, great. Now just stop striking out so damn much. Like, <laughs> just, that, that's my only request. So just please stop striking out. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be a big year for, for Hedbert.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's I I like him too. He's, he's a fun guy. I, when, when he was, um, I think it was the COVID year and he was uh, up in Appleton and they were doing some, um, YouTube videos. Chris Merring was with some of the guys, like he had a really fun video. I was looking forward to him. Yeah. I mean, guys, guys struggle and they bounce back too. So we'll see what happens with him, but some of the other guys around there, um, two of the draftees from last year, Eric Brown at 10 and Robert Moore at 12. Um, I'm excited to see them kind of keep moving up. I'm excited, I'm interested to see if they try and mess with Eric Brown at all and like his swing and everything, because it works. I know it's mm-hmm. weird, but it works like that dude just freaking hits. Yeah. Um, so I and then Robert Moore, old Bob Moore. Um, after the way he's been looking down in Australia. Um, I'm getting even more excited about him. Um, Luis Lara, I want to see what he does um as he starts to work his way up with the organization because he's gonna be stateside this year. Yeah, he came on uh really strong last year um and was kind of put I was starting to see him in the highlights. So that'll be really cool. And then of course down at 19, Abner Ure I'm I'm all but I think we're both all but certain we're gonna see him in the big leagues at some point in 2023, unless something goes horribly wrong. Um, like a meniscus tear, like a meniscus tear. Um, I mean, that's the guy who could eventually solve your setup man problem. I'm not saying, you know, in May, he's going to be the brewer's setup guy or even necessarily in 2023. Um, but he's got the stuff, A your eBay, Devin Williams combination could be, Ooh,
0: yeah, until we get a few years down the road and Devin Willing gets too expensive, then they trade him and uh, uh, install a as the closer.
2: Man, man, why did you got to
0: do that? I just had to kill the mood, didn't I? Yeah, you did. But they also got Cam Robinson in there. You know, G and Robinson both added to the 40 man uh, this offseason to protect them. Um, and then we get into uh, tier four, um, getting down in the 20s here. Logan Henderson Carlos Rodriguez you know th- those guys could probably still those guys are probably starters mm-hmm. um, at the next level we Henderson had health issues uh, this past year trying to get healthy Rodriguez had a really kind of a great breakout season as minor league pitcher of the year yeah, so he made a big jump up the list um going his going his way up there um, and then we get into you know further down here Matt wood fourth round pick. Uh, I really like him. I'm excited to see what he can do in a full season. Um, And then we get to this – we got this group here from 28 to 35, 36. All these teenage hitters and Wes Clark, uh, Mm -hmm. who's 23. But everyone else, 18, 19. Dylan O'Reilly, Johnny Severino, Jason Vina, Daniel Guillarte, Yeson Perez, Luis Castillo, Jad herro you got a bunch of their international signings. Um, you know, some of some of the more, one of them a high school kid uh, from third round this past year. They're all really talented. They're all really young. They've all had pretty good success to this point in their careers, but it's early on. A lot of
2: risk, but there is a lot of potential with all of them. Definitely, um, Gilarte. Gu- I believe I'm saying that, right. Guiarte um he he was on he made the top number 16 uh on Mm -hmm. MLB Pipeline so that was a guy I remember when that top 30 came out last year that was a name that like completely I I I was entirely unfamiliar with him so I had to look into him a little bit um yeah some of the you've got some recent international leagues or not league international signings um some recent draft picks um Going back up, you wrote about him uh, as having some of the best raw stuff in the brewer's system. Steven mm-hmm. Cruz. Yes. Ah, I am looking forward to uh, When I get my MLB, M-I-L-B TV subscription for next year, I'm going to be watching for his starts because I got to see a couple of them last year. And, oh, that guy's stuff is just nasty. Like I, I, I want to see, and now he, he had a couple of rough outings, um, where, you know, he let his control get away from him a little, a little bit, but even in those starts, he would pile up strikeouts, like nothing. So, um, he, he's one definitely keep an eye on. I, I totally agree with you on him. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, I'm really excited
0: that, that they were able to get him in the full season ball last year, had some great stuff in the, in the DSL in 2021, Uh, So he was able to get up to Carolina and I think he even got to high a Wisconsin towards the end of the year. He might start Mm -hmm. there again. I I may have to go uh, to a Timber Rattlers game and uh, check him out there. um, If if I get the opportunity to, we shall see. Uh, But yeah, I really like Steven Cruz. Um, I I think, you know, pipeline and some of the others haven't properly rated him. I I think he definitely could be working his way up Mm -hmm. uh, soon enough. Um, But, you know, we've got some graduations, you know, still to get to ahead of him. Um, but yeah, so, you know, you got a really, you know, high ceiling-ish, low-flourish group there with, with all those young hitters. Uh, you got Adam Seminaris came over in, in the Renfro trade. Joseph Hernandez came over in the uh, Topa trade as well. They're, they're kind of right around the same spot. Brandon Canar, uh, mm-hmm. that's one that I really kind of, um, struggled with placement tier four tier five you know where to put them you know because just looking at his numbers last year he was really good yeah so i'm just like should i put him higher than this like like should it be further up based on these numbers but you know still you're probably looking at a back-end starter uh, at the big league level uh, at best so i kind of kept him down there um you know still kind of waiting to see uh a bit more on him and if he can really kind of become uh, a legitimate big league option before I move him further up, but Canar is a guy that that I really like, and that friend of the podcast Garrett Green uh, also really likes and is and has spoken highly of. So that that's another guy that uh, in there um, I think could be a, a candidate to move
2: further up the list. Yeah, I had him on my uh, minor league team of the year last year, along with uh, Carlos Rodriguez, who the pitcher um, who had uh, was the Brewers minor league pitcher of the year. Um, yeah, fantastic year from him. Um, and then looking at some of the other guys in that tier five, um, I agree. Lucas Ursig, um, I'm glad that they were able to keep him around and that he didn't get snatched in rule five. Um, because, um, he definitely, you, we know the brewers cycle through lots of relief options over the course of the year and guys get added to the 40. He could definitely be one of those guys. Um, so we'll be looking for him. um, Alexander Corneal. I got to see him, uh, in the game that I got to go to at, uh, in Appleton last year. And he's interesting. He's still really young. Um, and he kind of, he, he's, he's a little up and down from start to start, but his up games are, he's another one like pile really piles up strikeups, strikeouts, um, had some nasty movement on his breaking ball, um, that I was able to see and his, uh, fastball plays fast enough. So, um, I, I want to see what he does when he gets against tougher competition. And then right down there at number 50, our boy, Ernesto Martinez. <laughs> yes, um, I know he fought through some injuries last year, um, but he that guy's fun to watch. And um, we'll see if he can kind of uh, bounce back from uh, what ended up being a tougher year for him.
0: Yeah, Ernesto was was one guy that I'm just like, I have to keep him on no matter what. Even as all the guys were like cycling in and out, as I was making the list, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to keep Ernesto at 50, and like, if anyone like has to move up, I'm putting them at 49 because Ernesto is staying on here. You know, I know he's got some holes in his swing that, that he probably needs to address uh, with strikeouts and whatever else. But you know, in the limited sample size, he put up good numbers last year. He's six foot six, lefty. He's fun as hell, uh, flexible at first base, can do the full split. At first base, that that yeah. itself is worthy uh, of inclusion on in the top 50. So uh, I'm keeping him on there, uh, hopefully for as long as he's uh, within the organization. Hopefully he can move up. You know, I want him to yeah. continue to, to improve and, and move on up here. So that's that's what I'd like to see uh, from him. But yeah, Corniel, you know, 119 innings and in a 3.03 ERA yeah. last year and 145 Ks. So like I look at that, I'm like I gotta put him on here somehow, yeah. you know. Fifty nine walks, you know that's that that's quite a bit. Um, I'd like to see that come down uh, before he can move further up uh, on the list. But yeah, just you know across a balls a 21 year old, an ERA around three over 119 innings. I mean that's definitely a uh, worthy of in- inclusion yeah. uh, on the list. And you know there are other there are a couple of other guys down there towards the end, and those are the recent draftees that, yeah. that i was really excited to be able to put on there ben metzinger luke adams and Taden hall seventh rounder 12th rounder and ninth rounder from last year's draft um just their debuts were, were really good um metzinger i think is very underrated right now just because he was a senior sign he only had one real year as a starter at louisville just because henry davis was ahead of him as a catcher and then you know, he finally got moved to third base. So, you know, I think he could continue to pop up this list as we get a full season look at him. Um, but, I mean, Luke Adams, in a very small handful of games, like stole nine bases, yeah. um, you know, and, and showed, showed some power and showed some really good hitting ability. Um, Tayden Hall, also a really talented hitter. So I'm really excited to see what those guys can do in a full season. And, and we could see them pop further up this list as well.
2: Definitely. And let's keep an eye, too, on Cam Devaney, um, uh-huh. who, like you mentioned, had a uh, fantastic, honestly, one of the best uh, minor league seasons in the entire system last year. Um, but it was a little bit out of nowhere. Um, his his seasons before that weren't nearly that strong. So will he be able to sustain that if he does? Um, you know, he's on the cusp of the majors as well. Does he become? you know, a trade asset. Does he become a utility guy? We'll see. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if he uh, keeps that up for a second year running. Yeah. It's um,
0: that, that was another one that I debated kind of putting a bit higher off just because he is so close mm-hmm. to the big leagues. You know, that, that is definitely a, a part of it. And, you know, there was a chance he could have been added to be protected from the rule five. They didn't protect him. He didn't get selected, um, which was great for the brewers, but um yeah, you know, that that's another guy that you know, it's going to be uphill for him just because the Brewers acquired so many infield options this offseason, but if he keeps on hitting the way that he is, they may have no choice but to but to bring him up. So, yeah, 23 homers last year. Um that was, you know, really just a, a phenomenal season for him. Uh 834 OPS across Double-A AA and Triple-A. Uh, 32 doubles as well. Yeah. So, Just fantastic numbers uh, across the whole season for Devaney.
2: Yeah. um, I I like these guys down here because those are the, like, some of the, like, more intriguing future tech guys, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. Russell Smith, um, he, um, I know he he was out for part of the season, correct? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, Yeah, he he got injured, like, halfway through the year or something. Yeah. Um, but he's, you know, that big, big, tall, um, left, left hand, correct right? uh, as well. Yes, it's a bit, been a bit since, since we've talked some Russell Smith here. Oh, oh yeah. yeah there it is right in front of me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I know, um, he's one where after he was drafted, um, I, I think it was, um, people were looking forward to seeing where he would kind of fit into some things. And we know, you know, we'd like to see some, uh, pitching prospects here kind of start to move their way through the system. Cause. At this point, a lot of the guys who have the high potential for the brewers are still low down in the system. Um, so the guys who can make a name for themselves quickly might be able to move up a little bit more quickly um and get evaluated at a higher level sooner. Um he could he who knows he could be one of those guys already 24 years old. Um yeah, it's I I like the guys like again, they're tier five, but some of these guys are the ones like the wild cards where you know, if they end up clicking, um, you could, you could have something there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There, there's a lot of, you know, potential ability with these guys. I mean, a lot of the guys that, that I have down there in tier five, it's just kind of like, it's like, you know, that the talent is there and you, and you want to include them, um, on the list, but like you just need to see a bit more mm-hmm. before you can bump them up, you know, like, like they're young, uh, or, or whatever it is like, you you just need to to get a little bit more uh on tape on tape you know on film or whatever um, where you, where you can just kind of see them out there so we shall we shall see um, you know where, where these guys end up and you know when we get to the the mid season update uh, where some of these guys move to but I mean there's a bunch of pop up candidates in here I mean Metzinger Adams and Hall uh, I really like down there in, in tier five. Also, Ernesto Martinez, because I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, that whole group there, uh, you know, Array, Severino, down to Clark and Arainimo. Um, Those guys, any one of them could really pop. But two of them that fans really probably should keep their eye on that I don't think too many people know of are Jason Perez and Luis Castillo. I mean, those guys put up some ridiculous numbers, um last year i mean perez in the dsl he hit 331 with a 1063 ops 15 doubles seven homers and 40 rbis and 136 at bats like what like you don't see those types of numbers in the in the dominican summer league that's insane um and, and then you look at uh, Luis Castillo as well, who was able to make it up to uh, low A Carolina Had a 791 OPS, but also as an 18 year old going from the, the complex league up to up to low A hit 275, 791 OPS, 11 doubles, six homers, 39 RBIs. I mean, he just put up some monster numbers as well. Um, He's got power. Perez has got power. And these are outfielders that haven't really gotten a lot of fanfare and attention yet. But as we get to see them in more like, you know, especially Castillo in in full season ball, and we get to see Perez come stateside, these guys could really
2: blow up if they continue to put up these numbers. Just incredible outfield depth, prospect depth that the Brewers have right Mm -hmm. now. We talk about the guys at the top. But yeah, there's some really exciting guys down there um, at low A, high A. You know, even before that, like you said, in some of the complex leagues and summer leagues. I just want Luis Castillo to do well so that we can play him against the Reds and be like, look, now we've got Luis Castillo <laughs> yeah. who's going to torture you guys.
0: Luis Castillo torturing Luis Castillo—that'd be—that'd be something. It'd be like having both Carlos Rodriguez, the pitcher and the hitter on the same team that could very well happen with yeah, it could groups. happen it could but uh yeah and then you also got yoferi rodriguez down there who the brewers just signed um in the international uh, signing class um he's going to be in the dsl this year another outfielder uh yeah so they are they are well stocked um at that position that that much is for sure the Brewers should have no issues finding outfielders uh for the next uh, several
2: years No, that's the first time I've actually heard his name out loud, and I definitely thought it was Joffrey, like Joffrey, (laughs) so I thought maybe a little evil inside of him, I guess not. I guess that's Wow, going right to Joffrey. Have you been watching a little Game of Thrones lately? I haven't, actually. I need to, someday I'm going to get back onto that, because... You haven't finished? No, we stalled out in the middle of, I think, season five or something Oh my god. Wow. One of these days, and it's been years since we've gone back to it, so... You almost have to start over at this point. Oh, well, we would hundred percent start over. It'd be our third time starting over, but you know <laughs> that's all right. That's Figure it point. out, Matt. I
0: will someday. All right. Well, we're gonna end this uh, podcast <laughs> here so that Matt can go and <laughs> Matt can go and start watching Game of Thrones again. Um, I am I am almost done binging Breaking Bad for the first time, so nice. you know I I totally get. It. I'm I'm towards the end of season four right now so nobody send me any spoilers or nope. else i will block you and hate you forever um but yeah so i will have to get on that as soon as i get some free time which is which totally happens all the time yeah for sure yeah, totally totally whole bunch of free time uh, in my life <laughs> no um all right so that'll do it for us uh, thank you for listening thank you once again to josh Flynn uh for yes. joining us just a fantastic guy uh, fantastic to talk to him um, very appreciative of, of his time and uh, his kind comments uh, as well so that'll do it for us um, spring training coming up soon not quite soon enough but soon um, so we'll continue to keep you posted as we get ready for the 2023 season thank you for listening this has been the cold through podcast